continue, you know, uh, building such a, 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 a relationship with him and get to a point where you are relating to him the way that you ought to. You understand the importance of that relationship. You are able to make time for it. The same way that you make time for your friends. The same way that you make time for your family, for your colleagues. If there are various levels of relationships and they all need your attention. There is a, there is a relationship that you have with your, you, with your family. It needs your attention. There is a relationship that you have with yourself. It needs attention. The relationship that you have with God is what I need to talk to you about. But there's a relationship that you have with the world around you as well. What are the things that you are doing that will make the environment around you conducive enough for you to be able to continue fulfilling the very purpose and the things that God has called you into? Because sometimes just the environment itself might just as well be the reason why things are the way they are. So you also have a responsibility to be able to create a conducive environment around yourself in order for the very relationship that you have with God to can flourish so that it is you you are you are you are very convinced yourself that it is it is growing consistently and and, and, and constantly so. There's there's a consistent growth. Is your knowledge of God today better than what it was three years ago? Have you come to know God better than you used to? Have you come to now trust Him more than you used to trust Him? That when you pray to God, you understand that this is the God who, who hears prayers, who, who, who listens to prayers, who is more than you know, ready and willing to respond to the prayers that you're praying, or it is still just a struggle. There's even a relationship that you have with the devil himself. It is a relationship. But you may not be aware that there is such a relationship. But what you do, your Zen, will also determine what relationship, you know, uh, how, you, how you sustain or manage all these relationships. And what, what, how, how are you, how much time are you nurturing the relationship that you have with God? Because it is as important. You can, you can, you can take a very simple example yourself to say that how often do I call my friend in a day? If I happen not to talk to that person, for more than five days or a week, is it okay? Now, if you know that it is not okay for you not to speak to a friend, or let alone your own family member, for such a long time, how much more with God? What will make you think that it is okay if you do not get to give yourself time to have a conversation with Him? In as much as every day you make it a point that sometimes you you are talking to your friend maybe you know um, on several occasions in a day in a day and what are the things that you're discussing 
that you think they need your attention? Are the things that you're spending most of your time, are the things that are keeping you more busy in life worth your work? Are these things that you believe they are as important that they deserve your time? The time that you are spending, is it something that you, you're able to account for? Because it is as important. Because come the time when you're able to say, you know, I just gave myself time in this day to just be, you know, um, talking to God. And uh, um, this is what he said to me in return. That is time well spent. Understand that sometimes communion with him is not always about you praying to God non-stop and not give yourself time to want to hear from him as well. There's a time, there comes a time when you just want to sit and listen. You're creating that, that, that enabling environment around yourself. Many a times we are so conscious of praying more than we are to hear from him. And meantime, the reason we are praying is so we hear from him. But if we're going to spend 99% of the time praying, and we don't even give ourselves 10% just to hear from him, we're not going to, we're not going to get to achieve the very things that we want to achieve. Because sometimes I would think that it is as important, you know, you know, even in, even in a conversation, listening, listening is an important part of the conversation. When you are in a conversation with somebody, listening is a very important part of that conversation. Because it will help you first to hear the next person and be able to respond to something which is what is intended in the first place. Because otherwise, if you don't give yourself time even to listen, then you will end up, you will end up responding to the wrong things or even saying the wrong things. And then there's, there's even a, a, a misunderstanding in that, in that, you know, um, a conversation. And before you know, it is even, it is even now become an argument. And that is because we, you know, uh, uh, none of the two people that are in that uh, conversation are giving themselves time to listen to what the, the, the other person has to say. So it is very important. I, I, I truly and honestly believe that, you know, the part of us hearing from God, you know, in many instances, it is missing in our, in our, in our prayers. Many a times, people pray and they pray and they pray. And they get to, at the time they're saying amen, that's, that's when they already at the door walking out. Maybe they, they are now in a hurry to go somewhere. Where, where are you so 
much in a hurry to go to and leave the prayers that you've been praying behind. I always say that the amen, amen is not supposed to be the end of the prayer itself. It ought to be the beginning of the conversation that is, that is now bringing about the responses to the prayers that you have been praying. It ought to say to you that I am done talking myself or, or sending the message that I intended to convey. Now it is time for me just to listen. And give yourself enough time. Listening is as important. You get to shut your zap and eliminate every noise that is there and just pay attention and focus on God and give yourself just some time to listen to God. It will help you. It will help you. Even you, if you have a friend, that it is always you who is talking. That friend will end up thinking that there's something wrong with you. You're always the one who has something to say. Either you're complaining or you, you are talking about things. There's never a time when you, you are able to allow that person to uh, be part of that discussion. You, you won't feel good yourself. You, you're not going to, if it's you, you may, you're not going to feel, it, it won't be okay. It, it, is, it is as simple as that. It is as simple as that. So understand that the relationship you have with God requires your attention. Quality time. It requires you to give it attention. To nurture it. To water it. To be able to do things that will say that this, this relationship is important to you. It, it is as important. It must take precedence over every other relationship or, or all else. It must take precedence. It, that is how important it is. That is why sometimes I do not understand, you know, somebody just, you know, thinking, oh, I'll, I'll do it if I have time. You hear that often. When it comes to the things of God, when it comes to the things of the Spirit, people think that it is something that they will do if they have time for it. It's like they have time for everything else except when it comes to the things of God. And if that be the mentality, if that be the thinking, nothing will change. There will always be a difficult, there will always be, life will always be a struggle. You, 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 you will not get to a point where you've come to know and experience God for yourself and you're trusting Him in everything that is to do with your life. It, it, it so happens that there is something that is not going right. You're very quick to go to Him, to be able to um, and talk to Him about that very, that very situation. And I think that is where it, it, it is, it is uh, on its own, it, it, it is a measure of, of your faith. It says how much 
your trust in God for anything and everything that is to do with, um, um, with yourself. So in other words, the level of the relationship you have with Him also determines the level of your faith in Him. It also says how much you trust Him, how much you believe in Him. It says a lot about your, your faith. It says a lot that about your belief and, and the, you know, um, the, 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 you know, how you relate, how you relate to him. If, if it gets to a point where it is fully restored, you'll be amazed how much you get to, you know, uh, and start uh, experiencing, you know, uh, uh, a change in your, in your personal life without even having to, to struggle or to, um, um, you know, um, to have to um, first um, try and do things by your own self before you, you know, um, commend everything to him. So it is that important. And I so much believe that uh, the concept of faith, it depends on how you relate to him. It, it says a lot about your faith. The relationship you have with God says a lot about your faith. So, understand that the faith that moves God is, is based on his righteousness, not on how much effort we making um, we make on our own, you know, trying to uh, change the status quo by our own self. If you get to a point where you understand um, that part, you will have. In other words, uh, faith is 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 it ought to be measured by by you know its its quality, other than. The, the, the quantity, it's not more about a quantitative measure that will make a difference as opposed to its quality and when you're talking about its quality it is, it is just to say that it is entirely it is entirely um, um, dependent on him than trusting on what you know whatever. that is where many times even when when, 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 when Jesus Christ was saying to his disciples, oh ye of little faith, or, you know, where is your faith? Where is your faith? It was not to say that you need to um, uh, build so much faith that will help you to now be able to do the things that he, he, he is, you know, he wants you to be doing. It is the faith you have on him. It is it is how much you trust and believe him that is what is required as opposed to saying that I need to spend more time praying so that I can build more faith. Is it nothing? Is it, that is why it said that it has to be, no matter how little it is, as small as a mustard seed, that little 
but believing on him more than you're trusting in what you what you know or in your own ability that is what will make a difference give give it that that, that opportunity no matter how little it is but all it's saying is that if only you can just trust me if, if only you can just get to you know um, 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 allow me to 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 help you to do the things that I I want to um, through you then there will be a real change let me read you Isaiah 53 verses 10 to 11 he says yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him talking about Christ he says yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him he has put him to grief when you make his soul an offering for sin he shall see his seed he shall prolong his days and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand and that is what I believe we we need to sometimes understand so we not you know um, um, we not uh, always um, you know um, uh, creating such um, uh, confusion or finding ourselves in such um, a, 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 a difficult um, predicament because it is meant for us more than it was for him. If, if we get this part right, that he did everything he has done with us in mind. In other words, him going to the cross was more for us to benefit. That's why he says he, when you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed in us, talking about us, where we now are the partakers of his divine nature. We now are the offspring ourselves. We now the, the true beneficiaries of what he had had to endure and, and it is already something which which is accomplished that is a good part of it it is not you know you know the 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 the, the um uh, the cross is is is, is his perfect and, and most precious gift that he he has given us we we need not have to to do anything to to uh, uh, get to experience the benefits that he had brought about already. You know, if, if we truly are genuine and sincere, and if we understand what was the intention in the first place, there's nothing to you know, uh, do over and above what is done to make it any more perfect than it already is. 
to 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 be able to bring about the benefits that you know it ought to bring about in our lives. It says here that he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. Be satisfied. Is it something that is seen in you that you will say that he is he is pleased? He is as satisfied seeing the labor of his soul or the fruits in your in your in your personal life manifesting in your personal life today. For it says here, by his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify many. By his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. So, that is what you need to understand. Let me read you 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, verse 21. He made Christ who knew no sin to judicially be seen on our behalf. We must read this very carefully. He became sin for us. Not that he was made to sin. He never sinned. He, he, he became sin for us. In order for us to be able to enjoy the benefits of his finished work at the cross. Maybe when we're still there, just to um, just to emphasize that part, so so we understand, we understand what is intended. We 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 get the right understanding. If you look at First Peter chapter number two, verse twenty-two, it says, "Who committed no sin, no." was deceit found in his mouth who when he was reviled did not revile in return when he suffered he did not threaten but committed himself to him who judges righteously so we need to have the right understanding so that we are able to Focus our our praise, even our faith, in the right direction. We need not misdirect our faith and our trust in Him. It will help you. It will help you. He says he he made him he made Christ who knew no sin to be seen on our behalf. On our behalf. If you had a debt, you owe somebody 10,000 rands. And I go to that person that you owe, and I pay him the 10,000 rands. And I say that I am paying this money on your, on your behalf. You're the one who owe the person the money. 
I pay the money on your behalf, automatically you become debt free. You are no longer in debt. And this ought to say as well to you that you are now no longer, you know, a, a condemned or a, a, a sinner, or you need not, you know, be living with this um, self-condemnation of sort or some guilt that are not good enough that I, 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 you know, uh, I call myself the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. If you understand what that means, because that is what he says next. He says here, so that in him we would, we would become the righteousness of God. In him. So that in him we would become the righteousness of God. Now, many times, maybe you, you would have uh, been saying this or asking yourself, what, what does it really mean? Being the righteousness of God. If you're reading from the Amplified Version, in a bracket it says, that is, we would be made acceptable to him and placed in a right relationship with him by his gracious loving kindness when you say that i am the righteousness of god in christ jesus what does it really mean to you i am the righteousness of god in christ jesus he says that you know Truth, truth be told, you yourself are no less righteous than Christ was himself. There is no one person who is, who is more righteous than you are if you are a born again child of God, a believer, truly so. He says he, you are made acceptable to him. You become acceptable to God. You are in right standing with God. He says you are placed in a right relationship with Him. In a right relationship with Him. Now if you know that you ought to now be in that right relationship with Him, how would, you, how would that affect the faith that you, you have in Him? How would that you know, detail the prayers that you're praying to God. Because it will move from always being the prayers that are, you know, either in an emergency mode or, or be asking the very things that He has already given you when you ought to just be now, you know, um, um, acknowledging and receiving and begin to walk as such. He was made sin for us who knew no sin. So we become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Righteousness, the righteousness of God. You know, it is not on the basis of the works that you become righteous or acceptable to God. That is why he had said that it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. It is by grace. It is nothing to do with the works. 
It is, it is not um, um, anything to do with what you know, with your experiences and where you're from. So you need to always have that in mind and understand how important it is for you being the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It simply means that His righteousness is made manifest in you. It ought to now be seen in you. The qualities or the attributes or the characteristics of His righteousness ought to now be manifesting in your life. In spite of what you see in yourself or what others may be seeing in you, you share the righteous nature of God as a gift of His grace. That is what the Bible says to us, that it is a gift of His grace. It is a gift of His grace that you yourself have um, received. In Ephesians 2, 8, the Bible says that it is by grace, it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not of yourselves, not through your own efforts. It is the undeserved, gracious gift of God. So you need to start thinking as such, so that you get to realign your relationship with Him. And by so doing, the faith that you have in Him. John 16, from verses 7 to 10. He says here, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do go away, the helper will not come to you. If I do not go away, he says, the helper, that is the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world, he will convict, convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Those are the three things that he has come to do. He says, when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Then he says in verse number 9, of sin because they do not believe in me. And of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more. And lastly he says, of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. So that important part, that verse 10, is very important for, for you to be able to get to experience what this 
righteousness ought to have brought about in your personal life? How do you relate to him? What it ought to have brought about in, in, your, in your life today? So, you need to start being a true ambassador of Christ and get to do things that will say that you are serving God um, rightly. If you go back to Second Corinthians chapter number 5, verse number 20. He says, Now then, we are ambassadors of Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Ambassadors of Christ. He says, now, just getting to uh, focus on just that paragraph alone. Who's an ambassador? What does he come to do? If a person comes from the United States and he is an ambassador for the U United States of America in South Africa, what is he here to do? Firstly, he is a representative of his country. Secondly, he wants to represent the interests of his nation, where he is now. That person lives in, in, in this country physically, but is still a citizen of his own country. The fact that he has now become an ambassador here does not necessarily take away his citizenship where he came from. Now, when the word of God says that your citizenship is of heaven, you become the true representative of heaven where you are. Be the true representative of heaven where you are. That is what the scripture says. In Philippians 3.20 But our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly wait a way to save you from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. I say to you that there is not a time in fact that embassy where that person lives, the same rules that apply in the country where that man comes from. They still apply. That portion of the land, it is, it, it doesn't matter where it is. In the, in the middle of the city, the rules that apply everywhere else don't apply in that land where this ambassador resides. That is why sometimes some people find themselves in trouble in some country and the first thing they think of is running into their embassy for protection. They, are, they, they, they want some form of amnesty or protection from whatever trouble that they're in out there. And 
it is just to say that they've come to understand that this space, this, this, this um, um, property here that is in the middle of this country, it, it is said, it is said, it operates, it ought to be functioning under different set of rules that may not be applying to everybody else. And that is why they are very mindful of doing such. So you ought to be representing the, you know, as, as a true representative, carry yourself as such and be able to do things. You need to be mindful of such because there's not a time that an ambassador from Australia or China or anywhere else will be talking his own, um, you know, uh, um, and opinions or views or his own thinking or selling his self-interest than the interests of the country where he comes from. That is, that is, that must take, that must take, um, um, you know, um, a, a precedence over everything else. So much so that even when this government asks for money from that particular country, they, they, they some, you know, um, um, negotiations that needs to take place at that level some bilateral talks that the the governments will engage in and in many instances this this ambassador will be participating as their representatives on whatever this country is doing here so that he can go back and report to the to his own country if these people are using their money the way that they are supposed to or they are doing things as per the agreement that exists between the two nations. So that there is there ought to be that understanding. So that the relationship that you have doesn't that you have with God is not uh, compromised or it is not in jeopardy because of where you where you find yourself, you know, um, um, or the surroundings where you are. In fact the matter is they still there's still uh, a relationship that exists and it ought to be maintained. It ought to be nurtured. I say to you that that person must uphold and defend the laws of his own country. That is why it is not, in as much as you're in this world, it is not ideal. The Bible says you need not conform to this world. You need not conform to this world. You need to you know, allow yourself to, to be transformed by the renewing of your mind constantly so. Be renewed in your mind. Yes, constantly remind yourself, oh, by the way, I don't belong here. By the way, I, 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 I'm not of this world. I, I, I ought not to be subjecting myself to whatever is happening around me. So that will help you to sustain the relationship that you have with him. It will help you to maintain it in the right state so that you're not finding yourself you know um, um, being um, somehow you know um, um, you're, you're, you're taking your attention away from him or there are things that are happening around your zen that may create um, you know a, a, a conflict or compromise the relationship that you have with him you need to bring about peace. The saving um, 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 grace of this um, gospel that you receive is what will ensure that there is peace and stability around yourself. 
if you are mindful of such. So in other words, let it be that you are conscious that in the environment where you are, you are able to say that I don't see, I don't see the, the, uh, the unity among these people here, or I, I don't see, you know, the presence of God in this environment, or I'm not, I'm not sensing that there is peace among these people. What will bring about peace is when you are able to lead people to their salvation, help them to, you know, um, receive Christ. Be the one who's helping them to reconcile them with God. Bring, bring about that change so that there is now this unity and oneness. You, know, you make it your, your... It's a mission. It's a mission. There's no ambassador who's here to sow divisions you know, or conflicts in the land. They're always, they're always, you know, the bond that is bringing the different parties, different ideologies and differences and people that are that are all coming from um, um, different backgrounds. They, they want to you know, maintain that peace and, 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 and foster some unity so that everybody is able to benefit from whatever you know, benefits that is intended. But if that doesn't exist, that is where now uh, people will find themselves struggling unnecessarily. So you need to give, it, give people hope by sharing with them the truth of the gospel. Being an ambassador of Christ, you're able to shine the light where there is darkness. Give them hope. It is, it is, it is to say that I'm, I'm, I'm not here just by myself or just for, for my own self and, and then looking after my own interests. As a true ambassador, it is important for you to be praying for your nation and the people around you, your family as well. Intercede for them. This, this, this is your responsibility that you are praying prayers that will help others to experience God in their lives. And you need to live righteously. Be able to set a, an example. Live righteous, a, a righteous and godly life. Be able to set an exemplary, an exemplary life. That will say that now, in as much as things seem to be very difficult here, and everybody seems to be discouraged and discontent, and, uh, and the, 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 you know, the circumstances seem to be very difficult, but there are things that you're doing that says, no, there's something different about that, that woman or that man, that everybody who is looking, they're able to see that there's something there's something unique about that man. There's something different. And that is where now it helps them to also uh, want to, you know, um, learn the same things and do the very same things that you are doing yourself. It is your responsibility to reconcile people to God. That is what um, 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 what is... When I'm reading these scriptures, in, in 2 Corinthians 5, you know, from the end going back. Because if you go back to verse 9, 19, it says, that is, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Are you bringing about 
peace and reconciliation in, in your own family? Are you the one who is reconciling people? He says he is committed to us the word of reconciliation. It is, in a, in a, in, it is our responsibility to be able to, um, you know, to uh, make sure that we are, we are preaching reconciliation, restoration, you know, helping people to, um, to turn to God, to, to seek God more, you know, and, and, and get to believe God and, and in their situation so that they are, they are able to, you know, continue worshiping God, building them such a successful relationship with God. Your loyalty must be to God first. So that is where it becomes important for you to stand in your faith. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 22 says that we must pursue righteousness. Pursue, pursue righteousness. Now, that, that word is there for a reason. When you pursue something, you, you're running after it. You are seeking it at all costs. You, you, you look for it. You, you make it a point that you, you get to, you know, a point where now you, you've overtaken and, and come into it and be one with it yourself. And that way, life becomes just what God um, would have precisely had uh, pre-planned for you. He says, pursue. these are the things you must pursue in life. No, no, not, not anything else. You know, you know the good thing with, with the Bible uh, is that when, when, he, when he says that you, 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 for instance, you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, there is in it everything for you. In it, in it. He says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. When you come to, to, to get to, to experience this truth and understand what is in this righteousness for you, you'll be amazed how much your life will change. That is why in this particular instance, he says you must pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the name, who call on the name of the Lord out of a pure heart, out of a pure heart, with that singleness of the heart, with that loyalty. Many times people are calling on the name of the Lord, but, but the motives are not right. It is not out of that pure heart and that sincerity of the heart. Perhaps it is out of desperation. Perhaps it is driven by other motives. And, and then they, there is now confusion. But if you learn to, you know, always, you know, um, when you call on him, it is out of a pure heart and um, you're able to humble yourself before God and, and just learn to, you know, um, um, trust in him and, and um, have, have faith in God. Have faith in God. It will help you to really get to a point where, you know, um, they, 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 there's no, um, you know, uh, areas where you, you, you know, you, you're struggling or, 
or having to, you know, um, um, perhaps be having second thoughts even in your own faith, you know, beginning to doubt yourself and, and things like those. So, your actions must always testify who you are and what your true intentions are. Where are you from? Where, all right. In, in, the, in the village where we, where, we, where we grew up, when you see a, 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 a young man or a woman uh, uh, misbehaving and, uh, you know, um, maybe they're doing things uh, that, you know, are just out of line and, 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 and things like that. The, 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 the parents, the, the people that are, that are looking, they don't ask who's that, who's that, who's that, who's that man. They ask who's that, where are you from? Where are you from? It says that your actions say a lot about where you're from. Your actions. They're not even, they're not even angry with you or, 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 or anything of that sort, but they, 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 they take it upon themselves to understand where, which family does he come from? Where, where, where is he from? I don't know if you understand. It, it, it matters. It, 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 and, and that is what you need to understand that there are things that you ought to be doing or that when you're doing, they say a lot about where you're from. Where you're from. You know, um, if, if really you understand um, that you ought to be a model of, 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 of Christ yourself and, and be doing things that, um, you, know, you know, people will be able to get to um, feel and experience this love and, and, and compassion and, and get to experience the grace of God in their personal situation. Because that is when what will make a difference. When there's, when there's compassion and, and, and people are able to experience the love of Christ through you and, and they can begin to now relate to God in their own way and be saying that, you know, what that man says, what he has done for me, it, it is really just by the grace of God, you know. It is really, it is testifying that there is, there is a God in heaven and they start wanting to seek to experience this same God. Um, um, that you are saving yourself. So it is very important that you do not allow yourself to be, you know, to live with that guilt or self-condemnation when, you know, you ought to be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and live righteously in a manner that will testify that indeed you are the, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. In, you know, get to um, you know, let let people. If if we now have become the righteousness of God, it be that the His righteousness is seen through you, in you. It ought to be manifesting in you. That is that is what you need to understand. That is what will help you to live as such and not be always thinking that I need more faith to, uh, to access this truth, to, to get to experience uh, this reality, or uh, I need to, you know, uh, I need to do certain things. You know, truth be told, if, if, we, are, if we are really honest with, us, with ourselves, 
A blessing is not something that you need to work for. You don't have to labor for it. Grace is already available. Grace ought to bring about all these benefits in your mind. As you're serving God. It's not to say that there is nothing that you ought to be doing. Of course, there are things that you must be doing to remain in right standing with Him and maintain the relationship you have with Him and, and your faith in a right state. In a right state, you know, the little you have is good enough to experience to experience the realities of the kingdom of God in your life in a much greater measure every single day in your life. Every single day. So it is in your own interest to, to, to cultivate such a, a thinking and be saying that what are the things that I need to begin to do in my personal life today that will, that will testify that I am indeed the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And these are qualities that are seen manifesting in my life. Before you know, you are working in the supernatural every single day. The supernatural becomes natural. For a born again child of God, the supernatural life ought to be an everyday life. It says a lot about who you are and where you come from. But if there is nothing that is happening that says that there is, there is something unique and there is something different about yourself. You know, it may seem as though you are just, you know, a, you know normal and, and just living an average normal life, which is not what God has intended. A life of a Christian is not supposed to be an, an ordinary life. It's not supposed to be just an average life. It's not, it's not supposed to be just, you know, um, 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 it's not supposed to be a life of struggle or, or always be a trial and error. No. It must be a life of abundance. It must be a life that says that I am abundantly supplied. There is not a time when I need to, um, um, you know, when I need something from God, it must be a prayer and fasting all the time. No. That is why it is important for you sometimes to get to a level where your prayers are now prayers that are meant to bless others, that are meant to help somebody in need, that are meant to, to bring about salvation and in people's lives and those around you who might be, you know, um, who, who are, you know, are struggling, who are in the darkness, that you pray for them, you pray for them, you are interceding for them, you you carrying that that uh, you know is 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 uh, commended to us the word of reconciliation. You are able to use that to reconcile everybody you come in contact with to God, get them to to see and and, and experience Christ, and before you know, their lives are are different. Be able to sustain the relationship that you have with God and maintain it in the right state so that you yourself are happy with the life that you you are living and the life that you have in Christ. May grace and peace be multiplied unto you and be favored everywhere you go. Thank you. God bless you.